My name's Nate. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope. And uh, today we're in our Life Changing Series. The last, and well, fifth week of our Life Changing Series. Here it is called The Dailies. How many of you guys have been loving The Dailies? The Dailies is all about undeserved, second chance, mercy of God, fresh and new every morning. What I love about God is he extends his mercy to us on the daily. I mean, every single day. It's brand new. He's such a relevant God. He's not a relic. He's relevant. He's not archaic. He's alive and active in your life. And he is in touch. Everybody say, in touch. He is in touch, not just with our problems, but with the way that we feel about our problems. Hebrews 4 says, we have a high priest who is in touch with the feelings of our infirmities. The feelings of our pain, the feelings of our grief, the feelings of our loss. He is relevant. He is close. He knows what you feel about what you're going through. Isn't that crazy? He doesn't just know the circumstance. He doesn't just know your surroundings. He doesn't just know the people and the places and the numbers and the digits. He knows how you feel about what's happening around you. And he knows how to keep it fresh. I don't know anybody else who keeps it as fresh in relationship as Jesus. He is so good at staying so consistent in such a relevant way. I love God for being relevant. You know, Lamentations 2, uh, 3.22, it says this, and this has been our theme verse throughout this series. If you're just catching us today, it's, it's this. If you've been receiving it, believing it, applying it, this really changes your life. You ready? It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Come on. It never stops. His love is steadfast, steady, over and over, and it never stops. He's consistent. He is charactered. He does not change in the best ways possible. His mercies, ever say mercies, plural, many much mercies, lots and lots of mercies, they never come to an end. And not only that, they are brand new every morning on the daily every day he has fresh mercy and then it finalized great and i can't put a better better cherry on top great is his faithfulness great is his consistency great is his loving kindness come on if because his mercy is never too late to say yes to jesus because of his mercy it's never too late to get your life right because of his mercy it's never too late to forgive somebody it's never too late to get your money in order. It's never too late to get married. Come on, all the single people, give me a whoop whoop. Come on, holla at your boy. It's never too late to get pregnant. Ask Hannah. Ask, ask, ask Sarah from the old. Come on, it's never too late to surrender to the love of God. It is never too late. The world wants to convince you you missed your window. You're past your prime. You missed your chance. You are SOL, sincerely out of luck. You know what I'm saying? It's too late. Just the fact I hear those words, too late, I get all panicky. It just gets so intense. My, my palms start sweating. I'm late. I hate, I hate being late. Do you like being late? You're driving faster when you're late. You know, you're doing the, the roll through the stop signs when you're late. It's just really bad. You don't feel ready. You don't feel like you're ready or prepared when you're late. I hate being late. I hate being late to meetings. I hate being late for reservations. Remember when we used to make reservations, you know? And then we ran into this, and I don't even know what people do now, you know. Actually, I made a reservation the other day. I hate being late. Everybody say, I hate being late. I don't like being late. And in life, in life, in real life, we deal with this punishment when we're late. And punishment manifests itself in different ways. If you're late, it's, it's the punishment of walking into the room last. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
If you're late, you're sending a message that I devalue all the people's time that I'm here to meet with. And I really, really am ashamed because I just ruined your life. You know what I'm saying? If you're late, it's the punishment of losing your reservation for the night. Like, come on, sweetie. If we're late, we got like a 15-minute window, babe. We got to get to the restaurant. It's date night. And if you're late, you got to go eat somewhere else. Go to McDonald's for dinner. You know what I'm saying? But I want, to, I want you to hear what God is saying to you today. It is never too late with God. You serve a God of second chances. He's still got your table ready for you. Come on, he looks with no shame when you walk in that room. He got no con- There is therefore now no condemnation for those who walk in in Christ Jesus. You are not too late. He is rich in mercy. He's got stacks and stacks and stacks of second chances. He is loaded with mercy. His mercy's new every day. And it extends from everlasting to everlasting. I want you to catch this from Joel chapter 2, verse 12. And I want everybody to get this. But, but there's also this, Hope Church. That's what it says. There's also this. It's not too late. Woo. But don't forget, there's also this. It's still not too late. God's personal message to you. Come back to me and really mean it. Change your life, not just your clothes. Change your life, not just your clothes. You know what God is saying there? I don't want religion. I want relationship with you. You just change your clothes. You make yourself look good on the outside, but it didn't change anything on the inside. See, God is not looking for behavior modification. God is interested in heart transformation, life transformation. He wants to change you from the inside out. He doesn't care what you look like on the outside. God looks at the heart. He looks at what's behind the veil. Church people change their clothes. Mercy people change their life. Mercy people change their heart. Mercy people change their attitude. God didn't invite you into a religion. He didn't give his very best so you could do things on the outside. He has invited you into a relationship. He gave his very best so you could be free from the inside out. Come on. God is saying to you today, stop changing the outside. I'm trying to deal with the inside. If you just change your clothes... Nothing in your world changes. You change your heart. You change your lens. You change your attitude. Your whole life changes. Come on. (laughs) Welcome back to God. Verse 13. Come back to God, your God. And here's why. Don't you love? Did you see that part? Don't you love? And here's why. Don't you love that? And here's why. Read it with me. And come back to God, your God. And why would I do that? Here's why. I I love that God gives us a why for the what? Here's why. God is kind and merciful. God is so sweet and is so merciful. God is good and he gives you a second chance. He takes a deep breath. He puts up with a lot. Some of you are like, I'm a mom. I put up with a lot. Well, you and God got something in common because he puts up with a lot. I mean a lot, a lot. This is most patient God, you reading it? This most patient God, extravagant in love, always ready to cancel catastrophe. You know, we live in a culture that's ready to cancel any mistake that you make. And God is also going to cancel any mistake that you make. But God cancels your mistake with mercy. He cancels it with love, extravagant love. You're like, I hate cancel culture. Well, I got good news for you. Aren't you glad that you're a part of God's kingdom? Cancel culture? See, because the world wants to cancel you, but God wants to cancel your bad decision. God wants to cancel your bad relationship. God wants to cancel getting what you deserve. God wants to cancel the punishment for your mistakes. 
punishment for being too late. He wants to cancel what's bad. Cancels catastrophe. Don't you love that? God, you're God. He cancels catastrophe. You ought to clap in your house right now if you're watching online because you're a part of God's cancel culture. It's better than the world's cancel culture. It continues. Who knows? I love Who knows? Maybe he'll do it now. Everybody say now. now. First point is now on your note sheet. Maybe he'll do it now. now. Came prematurely, but I'm giving it to you. Now. Everybody say now. Who knows? Maybe God will do it right now. Maybe he'll turn around and show mercy now. We're on that verse. Maybe when it's all said and done, there will be blessings full and robust from your God. Maybe when it's all said and done, there will be blessings full and robust for your God. I love that. Listen to that first line again. But there's also this. It's not too late. It's not too late. Hey, hey, hey. Also consider, it's not too late. In fact, with God, we know it. It's never too late. Have you considered all the catastrophes you've made in your life, all the messes that you've made of your moments? There's all kind of baggage and brokenness in your home. Have you considered it's still not too late? Consider this, the God who is merciful and loving, he cancels out your debt. He cancels out your mistake. It's a second chance faith. It's the kingdom of God, and it's never too late. It's the timing of God. So here it is. You walk in, you're late. It's never too late with God. The timing of God, you want to know, well, God, Pastor, I just want to know what God's timing is for my life. Here's his timing every time. It's never too late. I just want to go deep and figure out the time in the the timeline of God. Here's the timeline. Wherever you are, it's never too late. And now is a good time. Now is a good time to obey. Now is a good time to listen. Now is a good time to respond. Now is a good time. It's never too late. I want to know God's timing. Here here it is. You're never late. And you're just on time for Jesus. Watch what he says here in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. It says there's an opportune time to do things. A right time for everything on the earth. There's an opportune time. God is giving you an opportunity today. It'll be there again tomorrow, but it's a fresh opportunity that you woke up to today. It's a new chance that you woke up to today. It's a new beginning that you're waking up to right now. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Today, your legacy starts. Today, you're saying hello to the new you. Oh, come on. There is opportunity. And I'm going to say this, this has truth to it. I know they say, business people say, opportunities of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. Opportunities of the lifetime must be seized within the opportunity of that lifetime, meaning there's a window. You got to maximize opportunities of a lifetime. Like, man, if you got early on Uber, you started like being a part of Amazon before it blew up and grew up. How many guys wish you were a part of Amazon before? Maybe you had some blockbuster stock in the 90s. You're like, man, I want some blockbuster. Maybe you got on Bitcoin just a couple years ago. You're like, man, the opportunities of a lifetime must be seized within the opportunity of a lifetime. Look at my bank account. And that's true with business, but it's not true with God's mercy. And that kind of frustrates people who are like, I want people to do the right thing. Because it's true with business, but it's not true with God's mercy. It's true with the opportunity to be a part of a tech startup, but it's not true with you getting your life right. Because the opportunity of a lifetime is here today, and catch it, it's here tomorrow. 
It's here today and here tomorrow. Some people are like, no, 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 no. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. But no, no, we serve a second chance God. And so it feels like these are the things. Man, I got you. Get you catch this. It's here today and it's here tomorrow. I feel like God is saying some things to us as a people of hope. We, we usually have a few points every week, but today I'm going to give you three words. And the first word I already told you is now. Everybody say now. 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 God is saying now. It's a now season. In fact, I'm going to show you two verses of many that God says right now. Ecclesiastes 12.1. Remember now your creator and the days of your youth. Before the difficult days come and the years draw near to you when you say, I got no pleasure in being old. I got no pleasure in my life. What does the Bible say? Remember now. He's a now God. It's a now time. It's a now season. He's saying, remember now when you're young, you're naive, you're hopeful, you're not jaded, you're simple, you still have a future. Remember now. Everybody say, remember now. Remember now, God. That's why I'm so excited about Hope Youth. Come on. Because, listen, we want to reach young people before we have to go out and rescue young people. I'm excited to remember right now. I'd much rather reach you than rescue you. And so remember now, the creator, in the days of your youth. Maybe you missed your opportunity. You're saying, man, I'm old. I didn't meet Jesus until I was 35. I didn't meet Jesus until I was 47. I didn't meet Jesus until I was 66. You might say, I didn't serve God in my teens. I didn't serve God in my youth. That's all right. It's still a now word. Now is the time. Now is the opportunity. Hebrews 3.15 says, Today, if you hear the voice of the Lord, harden not your heart. He said, right now, if you hear the voice of the Lord, don't harden your heart. Because God is trying to speak to you today. And today, he says, now. Now is a perfect time. Only a fool waits for perfect conditions. But the person who has the Holy Spirit says, I got to call on him today. I got to make it count today. I got to receive his fresh mercy today. I got to surrender to the love of God today. In my mess, in the middle of my mess, he's going to meet me with his mercy. Right now, I say yes. Even in a mess, to his mercy fresh today. Now is the time. The Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on his name while he's near. Now is the time. First word, now. Next word, come. Go ahead and write it down. Come. This is what Jesus always says. Come, follow me. Come, all those who are weary, we said last week. Come, all those who are heavy laden. Come, all those who are burnt out and, and, and just burdened by life. Come, I'll give you rest for your soul. But listen, now is the time. So now is the time. Come on, now is the time. Now is the time, but you can't stay there on the couch. You're, you're watching at home tonight. Now is the time, but you can't stay where you're at inside. You can't stay there in your pain. I was just talking to some people who just lost their brother this week. Come now. You can't stay there forever. You can't stay there in your bitterness. You can't stay there in your brokenness. So now come. Now is the time, but you got to come to Jesus. Well, I'm not ready. Well, today's a great day to say, now I could. Now I can. Now I come. Now I could. Now I can. Now I come. Because you've got to come to Jesus. You can't just be like, yeah, it's perfect now, and not come. See, the thing you got to realize is God is not parading around you with like this unhealthy pressure saying, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? 
What are you gonna do now? Make, make up your mind. Make, what are you gonna do now? Now or never, baby. Now or never. Make up your mind. What are you gonna do now? Now, 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 or it's not gonna happen with me. No, God is emphasizing, He isn't emphasizing the timeline, He's emphasizing the invitation. God is not make, making much of now with a, a nagging from heaven. What are you gonna do now? It's now or never. Hurry up, make up your mind. He's not in a rush, but He does emphasize listen, today is a great day. All you gotta do is come. You could be stuck in bitterness for the rest of your life, or you could come to me and get healing for your brokenness, healing for your bitterness, forgiveness for your bitterness. Come, listen, today's a great day, but you got to come. Come to me, and I'll give you what you need for where you're at. Now come. I always think about the story of the prodigal son, and I love this story. It's a huge, huge picture of God's mercy to his sons and daughters and to people who are far from him. The importance of a prodigal son parable that Jesus told is just so profound, okay? Because he takes this opportunity and he openly talks about a boy who thinks he's bigger than he is. Jesus is telling a story and he talks about a son who thinks he's more ready than he is. And he says, this son gives me, says, give me my portion of goods, dad, that fall to me. I want my inheritance. And, and so his dad says, Basically, Dad, I'm out. I'm bailing. I'm done here. I, I don't want any part of your house anymore. I don't want any part of you. I kind of wish you were dead. I want my stuff. I want my inheritance early, and he bails out. And he goes off to do his own thing, and he has all these harlots, and he has all these friends, and he has all this money until it runs out, and it always runs out. And when it ran out, all his friends and all his fam ran out with it. You know what I'm saying? The truth is, he just goes crazy. He loses all of his money, he loses all of his morals, and he loses all of his mind to the point where he ends up in a pig pen. No more money, he's lost all of his morals, morality, and he's kind of lost his mind. And you'd have to be an Orthodox Jew to understand how low being in a pig pen is to a Jewish boy. A pig pen is the worst. They won't even eat swine. They don't even touch swine. And now this boy is not only ready to eat swine that'd be nice he's eating what the swine eat the pods from the pigs in their pen that's crazy he's eating pig food in a mess eating what pigs eat have you ever woke up one morning and you're like how did i get here i'm not talking about the time you blacked out i mean that's good too like you know how did i end up here in your weird spot and you're like whoa i did not know that this is where i was and you feel the hangover and stuff but i'm, I'm talking about have you ever woke up next to the right person in the right house and, you know, without the headache and still had the feeling because of the situation with your husband or the situation with your kids or the situation with your money? How did I end up here? How did I end up so broke? How did I make such a mess of my financial life? How did I make such a mess of my relational life? How did I make such a mess of my me-minded life? Just the thoughts in my head. Normal people couldn't keep up with them. They're so dysfunctional. How did I end up in this pig pen of thinking that the world is out to get me? Everything's awful. And I got to protect myself. Anybody ever woken up there? Okay. How did I get in the mud? How did I get so depressed? How did I get to the point where I, I just am so anxious about everything? I get nervous about driving to the grocery store. How did I? Anybody ever been there before? This is how he woke up that morning. But the Bible says, as he's sitting there, he hears something in his heart. He hears something in his spirit. He hears these words. Now is the time to come back home. 
He's in the middle of his mess. Mercy hits his life, and he comes to his senses. And all of a sudden, he's like, now is a great time to come back to my father's house. He hears it in his spirit. You know what? I messed up. I'm broken. I'm in the worst place of my life. I blew all my dad's money, but I hear God in a place of hope today. It might look like a pig pen, but it's actually a place of hope. And I'm like, oh my gosh, today is the day for me to come home. See, see the problem is when you're not listening to what God says, you stay away from where God speaks. But God can find you in a pig pen. And God can find you in your friend's house on their couch. And God can find you in the middle of that back alley. God can find you in the middle of your brokenness. See, God will still speak to you even if you don't come to church. And he'll still chase you with his mercy. Goodness and mercy, they won't stop coming from your God. He's going to keep on persisting and keep on saying, I love you. And keep on saying, I want you still. And keep on saying, come on, come home, come home now, now, come home. When you're not listening to God, you stay away from places where God speaks. You start to think, I deserve the mud. Why would I go to church today? I deserve the dirt. I deserve the mud. I earned this mud. You're nothing but mud. You should stay down in this mud forever. You messed up. You made a mistake. No, 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 no. You are a mistake. Stay down there in shame. But God always says, no son, no son, no daughter. No, no, no. Welcome to a place of hope in the middle of your mess. It might look like a pig pen, but you're about to step in to a place where you prosper. Welcome to hope for your future. I still know the plans I have for you. Plans of good and not evil. To give you a future and a hope. Now is the time for you to come back to your house. Come. Come back to your house. Come on, thank God. I hear him saying today, I hear him saying now. I hear him saying, come home. Thank him at your home for right now. He's just not going to give up on you. He's never going to give up on you. He is for you, not against you. And he is going to chase you down. With mercy moments like this. And around the time he gets ready to come back, he says, what do I say? <clears throat> How do I face the father that I failed? How do I face the father that I forsook? Even worse, how do I face the father that I effed over? Are you catching what I'm saying? I mean, I didn't just fail. I didn't just leave him. I screwed him. How do I explain what happened to the living that he worked his whole life to set me and my brother up for? He wasted all of my half. I don't, he doesn't have any more life to work. He can't be young again. He's old. Everything he's done, it's done. And I wasted his life, not just his money, his life's work, his life's blood, sweat, and tears with strippers and stupid. And all I got is nothing to show for it. And all I got is a pig pen and a stank to show for it. And now I have no other option. I got I to gotta, I gotta go home to this old man, broke, beaten, busted, disgusted. And it's one thing to blow your own money. Come on, dads, right? It's one thing if you blow your own money on a toy or something stupid. But it's another thing if you blow my money. Father might say, a normal father might say, you, you blew my money on What? That's not, that's not that's my money, son. That's my life. You, you threw away my life, my honor, my dignity, my whole life. You threw it away on what? That was my life savings for you, and you wasted it. Normal people would say that. And what's worse still, he has to go home, not just go home and face his father. He has to go home facing his father smelling like swine, smelling like something his dad would never touch, 
smell them like something his daddy raised him to know better than to touch, than to eat. Much less eat what they're eating. Are you kidding me? What do you do when your shame affects the people that you love? Affects the way that they look at you. Yeah, they ask you over for Thanksgiving, but you know you got the invitation. But the way they handled you and the way they invited you and you know what they think about people like you and you have shame. You're in the right house, but you're the wrong person. And the power of the prodigal son story is that while the boy is rehearsing, while the boy, he's so afraid of his daddy, he's rehearsing, what am I going to say to my father? That's the level of shame. He fears his father. And when you're trying to figure out what will I say, and in your speech you include these words, I am not worthy. I don't deserve jack squat. I'm not good enough for you. I am a failure, Dad. I'm not worthy. I'm not worth anything. I have no worth. Listen to that. I'm not worth anything to be called your son. Please make me like one of your hired servants. I just want to work, work for you. I just want to get paid something so I can eat something. He's trying to get his message ready. And because he's so full of shame and so full of brokenness, what blows the story wide open is that while he is still a great way off, the father sees him coming, and he comes running off the porch towards his son like he's a young man. And I see a 70-year-old, I see a 70-year-old running off the porch like he's 35, bolting, booking it towards his son. You know why he runs out to meet him? Because he still wants him. And I'm telling you this morning, he still wants you. Come on, his mercy is bigger than your mess. His grace is greater than your disgrace. In spite of what he smelled like, even if he smelled like swine, in spite of the fact that he spent his substance on shameful living, he said, you're a shameful son, of course, but I still love you. I still want you. You messed up, but I still want you. And I want you bad enough to put a clean robe on a dirty boy. I want you bad enough to put my robe of righteousness on all your filthy rags. I want you bad enough to say you don't deserve it, you don't earn it, and I'm not going to hold it over your head. But I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I want you. Without a shower, without a bath, bring him the robe, bring him the ring, bring him a pair of flip-flops, and let's get him covered, stank and all. I want you to catch this, religious people. There is no cleansing. There are no ceremonies. There's no altar moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so, 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 so sorry. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made. It's none of that. I'm so sorry. There's no rituals. Actually, the Father shuts him up when he says, I'm really sorry. No rituals, no church service, no church, no prayer meetings, no casting out of anything. He put the robe on the smell of swine because he was still his son. What is Jesus trying to tell us about shame in his father? That God the Father still wants you. And it's never too late. It is never too late with Jesus. It is never too far gone because he has a sweet plan for your future. In this story, there's, there's amazing things that only God does. I mean, there's certain things that only God can do. And then there's some things that we can do. 
And I love it. I, I want to glean from what we can do. This boy, he came to his senses. God will not get you to your senses for you. You will stay in, in that place of shame and guilt and condemnation as long as you want to. Because he can't get you to your senses for you. He can't get you to his goodness by himself. He won't do it. He could do it. He, don't, he doesn't do it. He does not violate your ability to perceive who he is. Second chance faith comes to the senses. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't deserve it. I don't earn it. It's obvious. But I know God is good. And that's why it's so important. You never lose sight of your perspective of God's goodness. Well, if God's so good, why did all these bad things happen? If God's so good, why did this happen? If God's so good, why did this happen? I could go on for, forever. But you cannot lose the sense that God is good. You cannot forsake his goodness. In desperation, I like desperation because desperation leads you to a decision. In desperation, the kid makes a determination. He makes a determination. I like decision time. I like determinations. I'm tired of the mud life, he said. I'm desperate and I'm sick of this. I'm tired of smelling like swine. I'm tired of living in my sin. I'm tired of feeling the shame. I'm tired of living in condemnation. I'm tired of the sticky icky all over me on the inside. I can't stand this dualistic life. I can't stand my deviant tendencies I have. I don't feel good about me. And he came to his senses and said, I'm going home. God is saying to you today, the time is now. Come. Come to your senses and come to his house. Come to his senses and come to his home. Come on, now come. Write down the third one, more. He starts with now. It's a good time. Today's a great day for you to come home and get it right with me. Today's a great day for you to come home and receive my mercy. Today's a great day to get what you don't deserve. And everybody who's guilty said, yeah. That sounds like a good deal to me. And the reason why? You know, why did the prodigal son say, now I'm coming home? Because I'm going to, you know why? He said, why did the prodigal son say, <laughs> why did he say I got to go home? And I want to just listen to his words for a second. Because so many Christians don't want to say this message. But here's the truth of the message. Because it's better at home than it is where I'm at. So many Christians are afraid. Well, you just come to Jesus. You just portray this message. You get with Jesus. Everything gets better. And it's not true because my life still sucks and I know Jesus. So don't tell me that when you get with Jesus, it's easy and it's light and it's free and you feel great from the inside out and it's better because it ain't better, brother. Quit bringing God and his promises and his reality down to your pathetic reality. Just because it isn't better for you doesn't mean he ain't better. Oh, I want you to hear it out of the voice of Jesus through the voice of the son saying, what, what, what did the prodigal son say? Why do I want to go home? Because it's better at home. There's bread at home. There's healing at home. There's functionality at home. There is peace at home. There is joy at home. There is life to the fullest at home. There's parties at home. There's enough food for me to get a fatted calf at home. There is life to the fullest at home. You know why I serve Jesus? Because it's better. Well, you just think you're better than me. No, no, no. I think the Savior that I serve is better than all of us. Come on. I do believe it's better. And you know why? Because when I'm with Jesus, life is better. I didn't say perfect. I said better. Well, you can't say that. You can't say it. I'm saying it because it's true. 
Not based on my experience, not based on my reality, not based on my circumstance, based on the truth of who Jesus is all by himself. He is better. Hebrews goes through a whole list. He's better than milk. He's better than Moses. He's better than angels. He just keeps on running it in Hebrews, the book of faith. He is so much better, y'all. I mean, everything symbolizes something that he's better than. I'm telling you, it's better at home. It's better with Jesus. Why do you do life with Jesus? Well, because it's the right thing to do. Uh-uh. Because it's better serving Jesus than not serving Jesus. Why, why do you get in a community and, and, and just be a part of church? Well, because it's the right thing to do. I want everybody to be happy with it. No, 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 no. Because it's better following his principles than my principles. Why do you give? Because it's better to give than it is to receive. Why, why do you engage? Because it's better to engage than to sit there like a law. I don't get anything when I go for nothing. You, why, why are you so excited? Because it's better when I receive, joyfully anticipate something good from God. I receive more. You know what? You know what? There is more in God's house than there is in this pig pen. There is more with God's plan than there is with my pig plan. There is more with what he has in store than what I have been living in. That's why I'm going home. Not because it's the right thing to do. Because I'm hungry and I want to eat. Let the boy eat. Come on, feed me. Give me some soup. Uh, the football players do that anymore on Sunday afternoons. Soup me up, feed me. They get a big plate and go, mm, give me some of that, right? It's not because they're, they're smart. It's because they're not stupid. And you know what I'm saying? I can eat there. I can't eat here anymore. Because Jesus is better. Let the boy eat. Come on. Let him eat. You know, I, I love Jesus because he, he, he feeds me. He feeds my soul. He feeds my spirit. He feeds all the gaps that nobody else helps me with. He gets me to where I'm going like nobody else can get me to where I'm going. He favors me like no man can favor me. He opens doors for me that no man can open. And he shuts things out of my life. And he protects me from my own mistakes. And he covers my keister. Like it's Resurrection Sunday Easter. You know what I'm saying? He just keeps covering me, covering me, helping me, leading me. Besides still waters, he restores my soul. He feeds me. He feeds me. Green pastures me. He's a good shepherd. I follow Jesus. Not for a second because it's the right thing to do. Because it's smarter with Jesus. It's better with Jesus. It's better with Jesus than it is with me. Come on, all the people who received that said yes. I'm convinced with God there's always more. There's always more. There's always more. And I want to tell you today, God is not done with your life yet. Where you are at is not all that there is. What you've seen is not all that you have to see. You don't know everything. You haven't tasted everything. You haven't experienced everything. And God is saying it's not over yet. I know somebody at your workplace said you're done. I know somebody at your family said you're canceled. I know somebody on your social media said you're worthless. You're not good. You're worse. You're awful. Get out of here. But I'm here to heaven saying something I hear the Holy Spirit saying something today that there is always more with God and that job is not all your jobs and that relationship ain't all your relationships if you're not dead God's not done with you yet come on he's not finished with you that there's always more in God and just when you think it's done and just when you think it's over and just when you think it's gone dead and done God shows up in the pig pen because God is not limited by these walls 
God shows up on your plasma this afternoon. God shows up in your cell phone next week. God shows up on your iPad. And he's saying to you, today is the day. Now, come. I've got more in store. I got more than you could ever think, ask, or imagine. I got more than you could beg, borrow, and steal and get by yourself. I got more than your parents ever prayed for you. I got more than good intentions. I make good impact on every word that I promise you. I got what you're looking for. There is more. Come on, somebody shout with expectation today. Get some faith moving towards heaven and say, I believe that there's more, God. I want to watch, watch this in Joel chapter 2, verse 28. It says, I love it. And it shall come to pass afterward. After. This is, we're living in the afterward. Then I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men, they're going to dream some dreams. And your young men shall see visions. What, what, what is the Bible talking about? He's saying there is more for every generation. There is more for every single walk of life in this room, in, in that media. There is more than just young people. This church, there's more than just young people stuff. Oh, and God, there's more than just people stuff for the 60s and the 80s and the 70s. There is more for every generation. There is more. If you're not dead, he's not done. There's still more in store for you. Our young people will prophesy of their future, and our old people will dream of the future. Why? Because God's not done. Yeah, come on now. He is not done yet. And there is more for everybody. You know, next week we're going to be celebrating 40 years of ministry right here at Hope Church. 40 years, y'all. That's great. It's amazing. And I'd like to say thank you, Jesus, for where we've been. We honor Pastor Harry Jackson, who started this church moved to D.C., sat with presidents in the, in the White House, prayed with presidents. I mean, that is our foundational heritage of this house. I am honored, Pastor Dave. I can't wait to celebrate the legacy Pastor Dave built in this church. Come on. Thank you, Jesus, for where we've been. Thank you, Jesus, for where we are as a movement. I love where we are. But come on, I know and I believe the best is still yet to come because in God, there is always more. Wherever God is, more comes. And we haven't seen anything yet. Our best days are still out in front of us, Hope Church. People of hope, people of joyful anticipation, we're saying now, come more. Now, come more, Holy Spirit. Now, come more, Jesus. The Bible says, even so, Lord Jesus, come. We receive you more. We want you more. Growing up, the first word I ever spoke was the word more. Because your boy loved to eat. I was crushing that applesauce with my mom. And that, more, mom. More, mama. More, more. I would say more. In our infancy, the first 40 years of this ministry, we want to say more, Jesus. More, Father. More, Spirit of God. More, Spirit of God. We want to eat. We want to run. We're crushing this applesauce. We love you, Jesus. We like you. We want to run with you. We want to co-labor with you and see what you can do through us. We want to see what you can do beyond us. We want to see what you can do through this team. We say more. I can't wait for what you have in store. Because with God, there is always more. I wonder, would you just allow me to convey to you what God is trying to say over your life today? It's never too late. He's not done with you yet. And he's brought you to hope to get this message in your spirit. Now is the time for you to come to my house, and I've got more in store for you than you could ever imagine. It's better in my house. I hope you can hear the Holy Spirit telling you, you will prophesy of your future. The word prophesy means to just speak the truth in advance. You will prophesy of the good things that I have in store for you, and you will dream 
You're going to go home, you close your eyes in the middle of your day. You can close your eyes and dream of the ways that God will use your life. I can see it. I can see the future. I'm dreaming on it. I'm prophesying. I'm speaking. You are not a mess. I want you to get this. You are not a mess. You're going to dream. You're going to prophesy. You are not a disaster. You are just right for Jesus. And you're not far from getting to the more. It's really simple. Dream of it. Picture it. Envision it. Come for it. Come on. Get hungry for it. Prophesy. Tell your friends about it. Speak of it. Get it out there. Because you are just right for Jesus. And with Jesus, he can do things in a moment that would take you a lifetime of strategy. And listen, God is going to turn whatever mess you're in into the message of your life. He's going to take whatever pain you've been through and turn it into the platform of your life. He's going to take your test and he's going to turn it into testimony. Mercy is fresh in this place. Second chances are all over this place. Come on now. Come. More. Receive it. Because God is not done. I love the story of the woman in the Bible who's in the middle of name. I said name. It's hard to hear. Name. Okay, name you will not find on the Google Maps. It's a location that is not findable. Name. Name is nowhere. It's a nowhere village. Name is in the boondocks. Name is further out there than Corning, New York. Okay, it's way out. She's out there in the wilderness. She's a widow from name. So in other words, she's already lost her husband, who in her day, in her, in her world, it was her source. She's a widow, and all she got left is her little boy. Her little boy. She has one son left with her who's probably helping her survive. She's from Nowhereville. She lost her husband. All she has is her son. And if life hasn't been cruel enough to her already, she's not only a widow, but the Bible says now her son is dead. The one thing I have left, now taken from me. I want to preach to somebody today. Life has been unfair to you. Life has served you hardship. Life has been cruel and punishing and hard, wave after wave of pain. You know, in church, we talk about waves of mercy, waves of grace. Everywhere, I see your face, blah, 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 blah. And all you feel is a wave of pain after pain after pain on top of pain. A woman from Nain is feeling the pain. She's a widow, and now her baby boy is dead. And now we're having a funeral from anything she got left. Any dream she had, any hope she had left is dead. She's from a small town, and the Bible says the whole village, all 17 of them, come out to bury her boy. Her head is down. She's filled with grief and remorse, and she's angry at the world. She's frustrated with God. She can't believe it. First, my husband's gone. Now my son is gone, and we're walking to bury him now. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, <laughs> here comes Jesus to the middle of nowhere. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes Jesus right to the middle of this woman's nowhere. What is Jesus doing in name? I want you to know today, God knows what you've gone through. He sees your pain in name. He sees your pain in the middle of nowhere. He knows every thought that you're thinking. He's seen every tear that you've cried. And in his mercy, he's coming to meet you in the middle of your mess. He's coming to meet you in the middle of your pain. Pain does not intimidate Jesus. Come on, somebody. I feel like preaching today because somebody needs to know God still loves you. He knows you by name. Even if you're in pain and it's not too late. It may feel like it's dead and done and gone and it's over and I lost everything, but it's never too late with Jesus. 
He shows up in name. The first thing he does before he talks to the woman, before he, he figures out the problem, before he solves anything, he just starts to cry with her. He weeps with this woman. He cries with her. Why? Because God is full of empathy and he cares. He's in touch with the feeling of your pain. He's in touch with the feeling of your sickness. He's in touch with the feeling of your hopelessness. He is full of compassion. He has love and he is love. He doesn't go name and say, oh my gosh, what shall I do today? Should I be pastoral? Should I say something? No, 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 no. He goes and cries and weeps with this woman because whatever you need, he is. Whatever you need, he is. He's the great I am. You need that? I am. You're stuck here? I am. You're hungry? I am the bread of life. You're lost? I am the way. You're confused? I am the truth. Blocked out? I am the gate. Why does he have compassion? Because he is compassion. He is love. God is love. You feel unloved? I am love. Isaiah said it like this. He was a man of sorrows, fully acquainted with grief, fully acquainted with a dead dream, fully acquainted with a dead boy, fully acquainted with a dead womb, fully acquainted with a dead job, fully acquainted with a dead heart, fully acquainted, and he weeps with her. And watch what he does. He goes to the coffin, and he says to the young man, I say to you, arise. See, the woman needed <laughs> compassion, but the boy needed resurrection. And whatever you need today, he is. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the word made flesh. And the boy comes back to life because whatever you need, he is. At the same time, Jesus basically showed up in name to say to a lady, a nobody, a lost, forgotten, nowhereville, nobody in no nowhere, hey, we're not done with you yet. It's not over here. I only do what I see my father doing. I only go where I say my father's going. I only say what my father is saying. And I want you to know yet, my father in heaven, he is not done with you yet. It's not over here. It looks dead, but it's very much alive. I came to Nowhereville, Maine to let you know you're on heaven's radar you matter to God you matter to me you matter my father is watching you and we're thinking about you son we're for you not against you and I don't know who I'm preaching to right now but you need to know he sees you in your pain he sees you in your loss and he still sees the good plans and he still has a great future and he still has a great hope he sees you with a dead dream in front of you but in his mercy he's coming to where you're at today to say I am the resurrection and the life and anybody who comes to me you will never ever ever thirst hunger be lost be dead ever again I'm going to give you eternal life I'm going to give you maximum life to the fullest here on earth. God is not done with you yet, sir. Now, come more. There's more in store. Give him a shout of praise if you believe it in this place. I said give him a shout of praise if you're receiving the mercy in this place. I know that God is still working. God is still moving. God is still changing. God is still bringing dead things back to life. He's still speaking in his mercy. God is still good right now he's inviting you I know where you came from I know what you're handling I know the shame I know the guilt but come 
there's more. And now is the time. Today is the day. We seek the Lord while he can be found. Come on. Anybody that's in a pig pen. Anybody that's messed up. Anybody that's hurt someone you love. Anybody that's still broken. Anybody that still has questions. Anybody. Come. Anybody with doubts. Come. Anybody. Now. Come. More. There is more in store whether you think it is or not. There is more than you can imagine. There's more life to live. And there are more impossibilities to see God perform in your life. I love Ephesians. It says now. Now. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond all that you could ever think, dream, ask, or imagine according not to your plan, not to your priorities, according to his power working in your life, according to his provision working in your life, according to his life purpose. There is more in Jesus' name. There's no shame. There's no stuck. There's no sorrow. And you might be in those places. Shame, stuck, sad, sorrowful. But I want to tell you there's no disgrace greater than God's grace. No mess bigger than his mercy. No dirty greater than mercy. The Father told me to tell you. I was getting ready. I was thinking about this. And I was saying, man, what's the imagery here, God? God, what are you going to say to your people? He said, go tell my kids, my son and my daughter, I'm running off this porch like I'm a young man to come and get you. I am running. I still love you. I still want you. I know you haven't had a bath. I know you're still stinking. I know you've been with pigs, but I want you still. I know about your pain. I know about your nightmares. I know about your anxiety attacks. I know about your tears. I know about your budget. But I'm as bad as all that looks. I still love you. I still want you. I'm for you. I'm saying now, come to me. There's more for you. 